overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Dear sisters and brothers in Christ Jesus, children of a gracious and merciful Heavenly Father, you may not always feel like you are one. <laughs> I know that I don't always feel like I am one of them. But since God says we are, then we are. As I look at you this morning, I see saints. As you look at this person in the pulpit, you see a saint. Now, how can that be, brothers and sisters? Well, the Bible tells us that when God the Holy Spirit creates faith in a person's heart, through the word and through the sacrament of holy baptism, that person is sanctified. They're set apart as holy in God's sight, set apart for service to God wherever they might go in this world. In fact, God's word says that he knew you before the creation of the world, that he knew he would make you one of his saints that he would send his one and only son to live a perfect life in our place, to go to the cross for all the evil that we have thought and said and done so that he could say of you, you are my saints. This Sunday, as Pastor Borman has been sharing with you, we're celebrating saints triumphant. Those are people who have died in that faith, in the trust in their Lord Jesus as their Savior from sin, and now have died and are with the Lord in glory. They've received that ultimate triumph or victory. Now, what does a Sunday like this do for us? Is it encouraging? Well, I sure hope so. I hope it's not a sad day. An encouragement to us to know that those who die in the Lord are with their Lord forever. And we also then think of our time when we will join those triumphant saints. That's encouraging as well. But I have a challenge for you this morning. As you think of being one of God's saints, one of those saints triumphant, how certain are you that you're going to make it through this life and join those triumphant saints, the names of those believers that we just read a moment ago. We think of what the Bible tells us regarding the challenges that we face as we walk through, as we journey through this life. In one of our hymns, in our hymnal, it is, it's described in a, in a very picturesque way. It's a hymn called, I Walk in Danger All the Way. It says that Satan has marked us as his prey. He's got his, he's got his crosshairs on us because he wants to separate us from God's love. He wants to pull us away from that saving faith in Christ. So how certain are you of that eternal future with those triumphant saints? Now that I've got you kind of on the edge of your seat, I want to say unequivocally, do not leave here this morning without certainty, because God's Word is going to give you that certainty, that you can be certain that you will join those triumphant saints in heaven. 
The word of God that we're going to share together is from the Apostle Paul's second letter to the Thessalonians. It was our second scripture lesson for the service this morning. I'm going to refer back to those verses throughout our sermon together this morning. And we're going to take up a very simple thought. Take this thought with you. See yourself with the saints triumphant. I want you to say that to a person around you. Say that to someone next to you. See yourself with the saints triumphant. See yourself with the saints triumphant. See yourself with the saints triumphant. Today, when you leave here, I want you to have that certainty in your heart. You can say to yourself, look in the mirror, see yourself with the saints triumphant because God the Holy Spirit has called you to faith through the gospel because God preserves you in faith through the gospel. 1st and 2nd Thessalonians presents us with a very, a very interesting perspective. The Apostle Paul was writing to Christians in a Greek city called Thessalonica. Now let me explain what it, the topic of both of those letters, 1st and 2nd Thessalonians. One of the main topics was the second coming of Christ and Judgment Day. Six times in 1st Thessalonians, the Apostle Paul mentions the day of the Lord, the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And then in 2nd Thessalonians, he brings up that topic again and again. And what's his purpose? Well, it seems as though either through false teachers or just because they hadn't gotten fully instructed in God's Word, the Christians at Thessalonica were confused about death and the resurrection from the dead and Jesus' coming and etern the eternal kingdom of God. Some of them, it seems, thought that Jesus had already come and they missed it. Paul says, no, 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 you're not going to miss it. Some of them thought, well, if a believer dies before Judgment Day, well, too bad for you, you don't get heaven. Again, they were confused. So the Apostle Paul writes to them to clear up that confusion. And he encourages them to persevere in their faith. He says, you are those saints triumphant. You are God's saints and be confident that he will take you on to glory. Now, did you catch the beautiful words that the Apostle Paul used in our second reading to describe how God had made a relationship with the Thessalonian Christians? Listen again. But we ought always to thank God for you, brothers and sisters, loved by the Lord, because from the beginning God chose you to be saved through the sanctifying work of the Spirit and through belief in the truth. He called you to this through our gospel that you might share in the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. As God's saints, they were loved, chosen, called, sanctified, and sharers in the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. So what was the point of that? Paul was telling the Thessalonians, God has done it all for you. God loved you in eternity. He called you in time, and he will take you on to glory. And I have good news for everyone in this sanctuary this morning. Listen closely to me. Here's the good news. Those words were written for each of you as well. When the Apostle Paul says you were loved, you were chosen, you were called, you were sanctified, you are a sharer in the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ, that describes you as well. 
Think of that, brothers and sisters, that God knew in eternity, before he created the world, that you were going to be born, and that he would bring you to faith through the gospel. This is true of you. From the beginning, he, called, he chose you to be saved through the sanctifying work of the Spirit and through belief in the truth. He brought his love to us when? He called you to this through our gospel that you might share in the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. The gospel is the good news about Jesus. He called you through that gospel. Not only does it have the power to tell you what Jesus did, it has the power to say, come, come out of the darkness of this sinful world and walk in the light of Jesus Christ. Martin Luther, the reformer, in his small catechism, who was I talking to this morning who was going to teach catechism? Teaching, thank you, teaching catechism. Martin Luther, in his explanation to the third article of the Apostles' Creed, that's the part of the creed that deals with the work of the Holy Spirit. He describes what God had to do for us. I believe that I cannot by my own thinking or choosing believe in Jesus Christ my Lord or come to him. But the Holy Spirit has called me by the gospel, sanctified me by that truth. In the, and then it goes on in this way. And he calls, gathers, enlightens, and sanctifies the whole Christian church on earth and keeps it with Jesus Christ in the one true faith. Now why can I say to you this morning, see yourself with the saints triumphant. See yourself with those saints triumphant. Because God has called you to faith through the gospel. Now, what do you think the Apostle Paul suggested to the Thessalonians regarding the gospel? The good news of Jesus Christ found in the scriptures. If that's how God called them to faith and gave them that status as God's saints, how do you think he wanted them to handle God's word, to handle the good news? He goes on to say, So then, brothers... Stand firm and hold to the teachings we passed on to you, whether by word of mouth or by letter. Because God had called the Thessalonians to faith through the gospel, he said that's the most important thing in your life. Hold on to that gospel as tightly as you can because that's how God called you to faith. Speaking of holding on to the gospel, I want to tell you about a news report that came from out east here back in the 1980s. I know old guys like me, you probably weren't even born yet. I didn't think so. 1987, there was a news report about a, a, an accident that happened, an airplane flying from Lewiston, Maine to Boston, Massachusetts. The pilot's name was Henry Dempsey. He was flying a Beechcraft turboprop, a Beechcraft 99 turboprop got up to 4,000 feet, and he heard a clunking noise in the back of the airplane. Turned the controls over to his co-pilot and walked to the back of the plane. Now, the Beechcraft 99 turboprop has one of those fold-down doors that serves as a, as a stairway as well. Anybody seen those? You know the kind of mean on smaller planes? It folds down, and then there's a ladder uh, and a little railing. It all folds up together. Okay, you got, you're following me. He gets to the back of the airplane, and the airplane hits some turbulence. He falls against the door that was indeed unlocked. He falls out of the airplane. 
But as he's falling out of the airplane, he grabbed the railing, that fold-up railing. His co-pilot's calling for him. He knows the back of the plane is open. He thinks, oh my God, Henry's dead. He fell 4,000 feet into the Atlantic Ocean. So quickly, he diverts to the closest airport. The emergency responders come out on the runway. They find Henry Dempsey still holding onto that railing with his face about a foot off of the runway as that plane came to a stop. They had to pry Henry Dempsey's fingers and legs off of that railing. Imagine how he held onto that railing over the Atlantic Ocean as he comes in for a landing. Now with that picture in your minds, that's how God wants you to hold on to the good news of Jesus Christ. With all your strength, with all your might, because it is through that gospel that I can say to you today, see yourself with the saints triumphant. Not only do we cling to the gospel because it's through the gospel that God calls us to faith, we also then use that gospel to preserve that faith. Our reading continues. May our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father, who loved us and by his grace gave us eternal encouragement and good hope, encourage your hearts and strengthen you in every good deed. So the Apostle Paul brings them back to that gospel. And he says, if you're worried about it, if you're going to make it through this sinful world, all of these things that challenge your faith, oh, God will preserve you in that faith through the gospel. He continues, But the Lord is faithful, and He will strengthen and protect you from the evil one. We have confidence in the Lord that you are doing and will continue to do the things we command. May the Lord direct your hearts into God's love and Christ's perseverance. That leads me to one of the reasons I'm with you this morning. I come to you on behalf of your College of Ministry. Martin Luther College in New Ulm, Minnesota. I know you guys think of that must be near the North Pole or something. But there's a school there that trains pastors, teachers, staff ministers. It's a school that Pastor Borman attended to become a pastor. And now I can ask you to, to pray for that college, which I want you to do. Stop at the table and grab one of those prayer cards there's uh, all kinds of things on the table from MLC. And, but you might say, well, well, why is that school so important? Think of it this way. If it is through the gospel that God calls you to faith, and if it's through the gospel that God preserves you in faith, you want your pastors and teachers to be well-trained, don't you? You want them to be able to teach you the scriptures, to preach to you the truth of God's word. So again, friends, I ask you to continue to pray for that college. Continue to encourage young people to attend, considering public ministry. I don't imagine that when you got up this morning to come to church, you thought that you would be confronted with a doctrine in scripture that has confused and confounded people for generations. And let me explain how that doctrine connects to the sermon for this morning, this text for this morning. On one hand, the Bible says our salvation from beginning to end 
all God's doing, knew you in eternity, called you in time, and will preserve you in faith. But then on the other hand, the scriptures say, watch out, don't fall, remain in the faith. How do we reconcile those two teachings? Let me give you some examples from Scripture. In, in literally verses either touching each other or in the same verse, two examples. 1 Corinthians 10 verse 12 says, So if you think you are standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. I used to say to the confirmation students in my churches that I've pastored over the years, every Sunday morning for the rest of your life, you're going to have to make a decision. Are you going to go to St. Mattress and listen to Pastor Pillow? Or are you going to come to Sure Foundation and listen to Pastor Borman? Right? That's part of being preserved in that faith. So it says, if you think you're standing firm, be careful you don't fall. And yet, here's a promise. No temptation has seized you except what is common to man. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can stand up under it. One last example from the Apostle Paul's letter to the Philippians. In the same verse, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. In other words, consider your faith this most precious thing. With fear and trembling, hold it each day of your life. And yet, for it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. We need to hear both, don't we? When we're get lackadaisical, oh, a little bit, yeah, yeah, uh, that's God's word. Well, we need to hear the law, don't we? If we think we're on the salvation bus or the salvation train and, well, yeah, we'll just get there and I don't have to hear God's word and I don't have to worship, I don't have to study God's word, then I need the warnings, don't I? But if I'm ever uncertain, and I challenged you this morning not to leave here with any doubts, no uncertainty. If I'm ever worried, am I going to make it? Am I going to join those triumphant saints? Then God says, my child, I got this. You are mine. I have called you to faith through the gospel, and I will preserve you in faith through the gospel. When I began my message to you this morning... I referred to a, or made an allusion to a hymn in our hymnal, I Walk in Danger All the Way. As a closing for my sermon to you, I want to share with you the last couple of verses of that hymn. Now get the, the setting here. In the first half of the hymn, it talks about the fact that we walk in danger all the way, that Satan has marked us as his prey that our sinful flesh will fail us, that this world out there will hate us, and yet take this confidence. I walk with angels all the way. They shield me and befriend me. All Satan's power is held at bay when heavenly hosts attend me. They are my sure defense, all fear and sorrow hence. Unharmed by foes do what they may, I walk with angels all the way. I walk with Jesus all the way. His guidance never fails me. He takes my every fear away when Satan's power assails me. And by his footsteps led, my path I safely tread. In spite of ills that threaten may, I walk with Jesus all the way. My walk is heavenward all the way. Await my soul the morrow. 
when you farewell can gladly say to all your sin and sorrow, all worldly pomp be gone, to heaven I now press on, for all the world I would not stay, my walk is heavenward all the way. Yes, brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. One last time. Say it to somebody next to you. With the saints triumphant. Say it again to somebody. Excellent. See yourself with the saints triumphant. See yourself with the saints triumphant. Yes. It is true. Because God has called you to faith through the gospel. Because God preserves you in faith through the gospel. Amen.